The Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 15. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, O Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. There is not universal agreement as to whether or not the John who wrote the Gospel of John and the John who wrote the Epistle of John are the same John. My first opinion is that they are the same person. My second opinion is that if if they aren't the same person, they are two different people with pretty much one and the same soul and one and the same faith in one and the same Lord. I say that because the one and the same sermon outline that I heard kind of emerging early on this week as I did what I do every week, spend time with the texts, was a one and the same sermon, the themes of which I heard speaking to me in both John 15, 1 to 8 and 1 John 4, 7 to 21. So this is going to be what I'm going to call a two-lane sermon as we listen for some of the very same things that I believe both of these texts do say to us, each from their own lanes, each in their own ways, and finally, too, each with their own imagery and nuance. John 15, Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. 1 John 4, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. So we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love and those who abide in love abide in God and God abides in them. The Greek version of that word abide, whether it's abiding in Christ or Christ abiding in us, occurs 118 times in the New Testament, and 64 of those 118 occurrences are found in either the Gospel of John or the Epistles of John. As in the authors may or may not be the same John, but they sure have some of the same pages in their dictionary dog-eared. 
for both of them lean on and lean into that word abide. From each in their own lane, it is a pronounced theme, and it's a theme which reminds us that to be a Christian is not merely a matter of assenting to an idea, but of being drawn into a relationship, a living relationship with the living God and the life-giving Spirit of God and the risen again to forever life Son of God. And being a living relationship, it is not simply a past tense thing, a belief in the one who surely did do what he surely did do 2,000 years ago, nor is it simply a future tense thing, a belief in the one who surely will do what he surely will do when he comes again. No, says John, and John, for the Lord of Easter is alive now. And through the Holy Spirit, he is alive here. And alive, he speaks. Abide in me as I abide in you. The Christian believes. And in believing, experiences the promise that here and now and always and everywhere, I am in some way with and within God, and God is with and within me, not just in my thinking, but in the beating of my heart and in the breathing of my lungs and in the yearning of my soul. Christianity is not primarily an idea that one assents to about a Savior who died and rose again back in the day and who will come again someday. Christianity, rather, too and more powerfully, is a living relationship one is brought into with a Lord who is alive and with you and within you here and now and always. Could we... Could we just... Could we just maybe for a moment rest in that? And in resting in that, find joy in that? And in finding joy, perhaps, too, no matter what is or has been going on around you or within you, finding, or perhaps more accurately, being found by here and now the gift the risen Christ promises his own, the gift of peace? Let's try resting. It might help if you close your eyes. I rest better with my eyes closed. And if you steady your breathing and pay attention to your breathing, pay attention to each breath. And as you breathe in, you imagine yourself, you feel, you feel yourself breathing in the promise of God. I am with you. I am with you. And as you breathe out, see and feel yourself exhaling into the arms of God all that God would so gladly take from you or hold for you, be they sins God wants to forgive or worries or fears God wants you to give up. Inhale all that is of God. 
exhale all that is good to give up to God. And then listen to, breathe in, not the words of me, but breathe in the word of God. Abide in me as I abide in you. We know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit, his breath. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God and they abide in God. So we have known and believe the love that God has for us. If you did close your eyes, you're welcome to open them now. Christianity is not simply an idea that one assents to or a theology that one consents to, but a living relationship that one is brought into by and with a living Lord. English majors among us have probably already noticed that that final and most important verb in that last sentence I just spoke is a verb of which you and I are not the subjects. We are the objects. Listen to it again. Christianity is a living relationship that one is brought into by and with a living Lord. It was not a relationship that we brought about or that we brought something to, but rather a relationship that we were brought into, which, of course, is to say that this relationship is a gift. Or, as Luther might put it, this living relationship is not an accomplishment by us. It is graced upon us. Or back to English majors and verbs, the relationship is not something you brought about or brought anything to. It is rather a relationship by grace you were brought into. And that living relationship is a living thing because God lives and lives within you and you in him are alive too. At least so says John. And John. John in his gospel also speaks a corollary to that, that being that in relationship to God and in God we live, but apart from God we don't. For here and now, even though my heart might be beating and my lungs might be breathing, without God, one thing I'm for sure and most deeply not doing is living. For apart from me, says Jesus in John, you can do nothing, but rather, like a branch disconnected from a vine, you wither and die. In other words, it's not just the Christian faith that is above all a living relationship with a living God. Life itself, says John, if it is to be lived truly and fully alive, can only be done in relation with God. But then John and John, in the Gospel and in the Epistles, say another thing, which is a huge and big picture thing for both John and John, although this time they don't use the same word. 
to say the same thing. This time they, their, they use their own different words to say kind of the same thing. First John. God's love was revealed to us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we, live, if we love one another, God lives in us and God's love is perfected in us. The Gospel of John. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who are my, abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As I said, in this case, we have different vocabulary in John compared to John. One uses the language of fruit and the other uses the language of love, but they do so to make pretty much the very same point, that being that our relationship with God is not just a relationship, the sole point of which is for us personally to live in a little private, little cozy, personal relationship with God, be it here and now or in heaven someday, for Christianity too is a living relationship within which heaven has its way with and for others and with and for the world through us here and now, and every day, in John's Gospel's words, connected to the vine, we bear fruit. And in bearing fruit, God is known and glorified. In John's, first John's words, loved by God, we love others. And in loving others, God is loved. Not the same language, but a parallel point, a point which is made best of all not by either one of them alone, but by both of them together, because they say more together than either of them say all by themselves. And here's what I mean. Starting with that image of John, imagery of John's gospel, connected to the vine, we bear fruit, and in bearing fruit, God is glorified. Oh, first of all, a side note. In the Christian faith that is true to its roots, true to its vine, when we bear fruit, when we do the things we do because of our faith in God and our relationship with God, God is glorified before others. And such fruit, fruit pointing truly to the true glory of God is the sweetest fruit to be found on earth, fruit far different than the noxious and bitter and spoiled but all too prevalent fruit of doing the things we do, seeking personally to be glorified by others or to attempt that we are better than others, to prove it. The closest self-glorifying fruit gets to God so that it stinks to high heaven. In John's Gospel, connected to the vine, we bear fruit, and in bearing fruit, God is glorified. Now here's a unique thing, a beautiful nuance, I think, that that imagery of fruit brings to the same point that both John's Gospel and John's letter are making. There are all kinds of things. Strawberries, bananas, oranges, apples, grapes, papayas, even tomatoes, I'm told. 
all of which have one thing in common, and that is that they are fruit. But what they aren't are all the same fruit. They are all the same in the sense that they are all fruit, but what they aren't are identical fruits, which of course is what makes the wide world of fruits such a delightfully rich gift to the world of food. So too with Christianity. We are all not just called. We were all created for the purpose of bearing fruit to the glory of God, but we are not all called. We were not all created to produce the same exact kinds of fruits. For just as an apple tree is created to produce apple fruits and an orange tree is created to produce oranges, so too I was created and called to produce Roger fruit. And you were called and created and gifted to produce you fruit. Both of which in the economy of God's gardening are delicious. Delicious not because they're all the same. All fruits the same wouldn't be delicious. That would be boring. But our not the same fruits are delicious as they each in their own ways are the same in one way, the way the epistle of John reminds us. And that is, be, is the way of love, God's love, God's love for you, God's love for others and for the world lived here and now and finally for forever through you in your way being the you God created you to be. For as in our gardens there are all kinds of different fruits, but the common denominator is that they are all fruit. So too in God's garden, in Christ's church, there are all kinds of different spiritual fruits, the common denominator being that they are all love. God's love for you, truly alive, for it is alive in God's world through you. And because it is alive in you, it is like love that looks like you, for you are you. But too, because it is love, it looks like and gives glory to God, for God is love. Amen.